0: Hey everyone, I'm Pastor Steve Hogg at First Baptist Church in Rock Hill. So excited you've joined us for this telecast. The service you're watching was recorded two Sundays ago when we had the big snow, surprisingly, here in Rock Hill, but we still made it to church, had a great time worshiping Jesus, talking about spiritual growth. And I want you to listen because I think God is going to encourage you to grow beyond where you are in your relationship with Him. In this sermon series, we've been saying that a mature Christian, a growing follower of Christ is in some ways, it's like, we're, we're like a puzzle. And the different parts of our spirituality, the different parts of our relationship with Jesus, the different things that He's trying to develop within us, disciplines and character, etc., all these different practices are like individual pieces of a puzzle. And when you put them all together, a mature growing Christian is a beautiful, a beautiful thing to behold, but you just leave out one piece or two pieces, and yeah, it's pretty, and you get the sense of what it could be, but something's missing, and it's not what it should be or could be, right? It's just not as fulfilling, and the banners around the wall in this room are our eight passions or values. These these are the things that we say as growing followers of Jesus Christ are to be developing in each of our lives. Each of those eight passions, eight pieces of the puzzle need to be part of who we are, what we are becoming, and what we look like as an obedient, dedicated follower of Jesus Christ. Today I want us to talk about intentional spiritual growth. That's one of our passions. When I say spiritual growth, you, you have a, an idea of what we mean, growing our walk with Christ, growing spiritually. But we purposely put the word intentional at the beginning of it because if you are ever going to grow spiritually, it will not happen by accident. It's a choice you make. There must be intentionality on your part if you are going to grow spiritually. And I'll tell you, as a pastor, as a minister, one of my favorite things in life is seeing people saved and seeing people grow. Um, you know, it's not always that, that everybody has to be at the same place in their journey. What's really encouraging and fun to watch is just people making progress because, see, some of us start here. Others start way back here. And, and somebody who starts way back here that's, that's moving to this, seeing that is beautiful, even if he's not or she's not where this person that started here is It's the growth that's beautiful. It's the progress. It's the the change. It's the transformation. It's what God's doing in someone's life spiritually. And when you see people making progress, man, there's there's few things in life that are as exciting, as beautiful, as meaningful as seeing people grow. I, I love seeing people who've reached the golden years of life get better. Just because you are... Seventy or eighty doesn 't mean you stop growing if you stop growing that that to me looks just like somebody who 's thirty and not growing because it 's not where you are it 's where you 're going that 's beautiful it 's the journey it 's the continuation of, of growth don 't ever 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 use anything including your age as an excuse to not to not learn more to not to get better at something to make progress and to grow be intentional. At every season of life, about your spiritual development, your spiritual, your spiritual growth. This past Thursday, our men gathered then in the apex for our men's underground monthly gathering of guys, and we had two two young men, Will Crute and David Bennett, who who spoke. They they grew up in this church. They're both uh, youth ministers and seminary graduates, and. And they were talking about some of the lessons they had learned from their dad and other things. And and, and I, I remember those guys when they were really young and, and, and I, I remember Will especially because he was friends with our son Stephen and would play ball at our house a lot and, 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 and Will had a temper. I mean he had a bad temper. He'll tell you that. He said that from this pulpit before. But to watch that young man grow, and and he's not today where he'll be in a decade. I remember when he was struggling in college and to see where he is today. See, that's, that's the beautiful thing is that, that you don't have to stay where you are. None of us do. We can be intentional about it and we can grow and we can make progress. So I want to talk about that today and I invite you to open your Bible to the Gospel of Mark. This is one of my favorite passages. I've, I've taught it many times. Mark chapter four, please. The Gospel of Mark is the not commonly known as the Parable of the Sower. I think it's really uh, more accurately the the power, the Parable of the Dirt, <laughs> the, the Parable of the Heart, the Parable Parable of Human Life. But we usually refer to it as the the Parable of the Sower. And it's also recorded in in Matthew's Gospel and in Luke's gospel if you want to read those accounts uh, later today. But so let's 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 walk through this and read read the opening because what he does is Jesus tells a parable and in this parable he says this is what spiritual growth looks like. He said this is the difference between those who are growing and those who are not. And and when you look around in life and you look around in church and you look around in Sunday school all of us see that there are people who are saved and some of them are growing and others really aren't. Some of them are growing a lot and others are just growing a little bit, right? We're not all, not, not everybody in church is growing. Is that, a, is that fair to say? I mean, I know sometimes we like to be positive, but the truth is not every Christian, not everybody at church is growing. You, there may be somebody in this room right now, you braved the weather and got out here on Sunday morning in the snow. That doesn't necessarily mean you're growing, in this parable, Jesus talks about the difference between those who grow and those who don't. And he tells the story and then later comes back and explains it. And I want us to begin by looking at the parable, the story itself, and he uses a farming analogy. And, and I know most of you in this room will probably get this pretty quickly. But let's look at it anyway and, 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 and learn some lessons. All right, Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 3. Jesus is speaking to a very large crowd, it says earlier in that chapter. And here's what he says. He says, listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road. And the birds came and ate it up. Verse 5. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen... It was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. Verse 7. He says, Other seed fell among the thorns or weeds. And the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, the good dirt. And as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. And then in verse 9, he said, The one has ears to hear, let him hear. So pay attention. Really listen to what God's trying to tell you in these uh, these uh, verses. Now, you know, when we plant a garden, most of the time, what do we do? We we clear off a patch, and we lay out straight rows. Okay. Whether a plow or whatever you use, straight furrows, and we're used to planting our crops in straight rows. You drive around, and that's what you'll see. Here's a row of corn. Here's a row of potatoes. You know, here's a row with tomatoes in it. Here's a row of green. We 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 plant things in rows. That's not the image in this parable. Think of it like a hay field. Think of it like a field of wheat. And so you, you'd, you'd have a, a, a big field and, and, and you'd have paths because they didn't have the machinery to cast it long distance like we do. And so think of these aisles, okay? Think of these aisles between these sections as your road, what he's referred to in here as the road or the pathway. And all these sections of chairs as the, as the field where the wheat, the hay, the, the grain, the crop is growing. Are you with me? And so a, a, a sower, he'd have a a bag of seed, if you will, he, he'd walk up the path. He'd walk on that road. And he'd grab a handful of that seed and he'd throw it. And it would just go. Th- now, can can you imagine that some of that seed fell out here in the middle of the field? That's where he was throwing it, right? But can you imagine that some of that seed fell on the, on the path that he was walking on, on the road? And then on the edge of it, I, I've cleared off land to create a new garden before. And uh, one of the things, even in Kentucky where the dirt's good, you still had rocks that we would move off of it. Down here we've got mostly rocks you've got to move off of it. And, uh, and, and what do you do with the rocks? You carry them the shortest distance possible. And that means along the edge of the garden you'd have a pile of rocks. So you're walking down this path and it's hard. And You know, any path you walk on after a while becomes almost like concrete, correct? And so this sower, he's walking down that hardened path and on the edge of it is rocks and there's a little dirt there mixed in with the rocks but it's not real deep. And then out here is the field. And so he would throw that seed and some of it would fall on the path and some of it would fall on the edge of the garden where you have the rocks and a little bit of dirt and the rest of it would fall out here in the field. Now having grown up on a farm, I also know that you've got to take care of it because if you don't, the weeds will grow up with the, with the crop and they'll choke it out. And some of you have tried to raise a garden before and you've had these spinning little tomato plants and other plants and you say, what's wrong? They're They're not doing very well. It's because you didn't get rid of the weeds. That's one of the reasons. And so Jesus tells this parable. And he says that sower, he throws this seed and some of it falls on this path and birds come and they eat it. It's like when you plant grass in your yard, you cover it with straw. Why? Keep the birds from eating it. And some of it falls here and, and, and there's a little bit of dirt along those rocks and, and therefore it grows quickly but the roots can't get any depth because there's not enough dirt because of all the rocks and because the roots are so shallow, as soon as it gets hot, the sun's plant, the plant dies. And then the bulk of the seed falls out here in the middle, out here in the field and it grows. It grows. It grows. Some of them, after they grow, and they look really good when they're young and they're growing. But the weeds, you don't get rid of the weeds. You let the weeds take over. And what started out as a beautiful-looking crop suddenly just doesn't produce. It's there. It's it's there. It's spindly. It's there. But it's not producing a harvest. And then he said there's other places where you you take good care of that garden, that that good dirt, and, and you get the weeds out of it, and it grows and it produces a fruit a harvest some 30 fold some 60 fold some 100 fold now jesus is saying that's what spiritual growth looks like the disciples don't get it so after he tells this parable they come to jesus and they ask him to explain it because they don't they don't understand it and in each of the three gospels this parable is explained and I want to look at how Jesus explained it. And, I, and then I want to draw some lessons for you and me about spiritual growth this morning. Look at verse 14. Verse 14, Jesus said, the sower sows what? What, church? The Word. Luke tells us, he, he says, the Word of God. And so the sower, it could be Jesus. It could be you and me when we're witnessing. It could be any of us who are sharing the truth of God's Word, sharing the Gospel, the Scripture. But the seed is the Word. And here's the first thing you've got to really get into your heart if you're going to understand spiritual growth. Spiritual growth happens when you allow the Word of God to take root in your heart, in your soul, in your life, and prosper. When you allow the Word of God, the truth of God's Word, to grow in you and change you. There is no spiritual development without allowing the seed of God's Word to get inside you. Therefore, if you never read Scripture... You don't meditate on Scripture. You don't study Scripture. The potential for spiritual growth in you is very, very limited compared to what it could be because the seed has to be planted. A seed doesn't do any good as long as it's still in the packet. Some of you, in a little while, will go to Lowe's or Home Depot or someplace else and you'll buy some of those Small tomato plants in those little containers, right? What happens if you leave them in those little containers? Nothing good. (laughs) you got to get them out. you got to plant them. God's Word has to be planted in your heart, in your soul, in your life if you're going to develop spiritually. And so he says the seed is the Word of God. Now, he talks about why some people grow when that seed is thrown at them. And others don't. I mean, the Word of God's being cast right now. And some of you are going to leave here today and you're going to have grown some because of what happens this morning. Others of you are going to leave here and the seed's being scattered and you're going to be the same when you leave as you were when you came in. What's the difference? Jesus describes the different responses, the different reactions. He says in verse 15, these are the ones who are beside the road where the Word is sown. They're, they're on the path, okay? These are the people, their heart, their life is, is similar to this hardened path, okay? He said some of us are like that road, that path that the seed falls on. And um, he continues in verse 15 and say, and when they hear it, when they hear the Word of God, immediately Satan comes and takes away the Word which has been sown in them. Matthew adds that they don't understand what they're hearing. Luke adds that they don't believe it and therefore will not be saved. So the path, that's lost people who never get saved. That's, that's the person who just is not going to believe. They're going to find all these reasons, all these excuses, and they're going to go through their whole life like that. These are lost people who, who have no heart for God. These are lost people. They've just hardened themselves over the years and they're just just not going to believe. They're not going to understand it. They're not going to accept it. So he's not talking to Christians. That's that's lost people. But there's a warning there for those of us who are Christians because the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews not to harden our hearts as they did, referring to the time in the Old Testament, as they did in the days of provocation. Because even though we're saved, we can reach a place as Christians where our heart kind of gets hardened over. You, you you've heard the word of God so many times. You you've heard the word of God for so many years, and, and and brothers and sisters, one of the dangers of of having been in church all your life, you understand that that every plus has a negative to it, and one one of the risks that you have to guard against being around God's word all your life is you become so used to it. It's like your heart's kind of gotten hard and, and, and you don't feel it anymore and it doesn't touch you anymore and it doesn't move you anymore. You're, you're not the path. You're not lost, but your heart starts to look like that if you let it. And that's the reason some of you who are saved aren't growing the way you could. You, you've allowed life and past experiences and, 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 and things that have happened, you, you've allowed familiarity to kind of harden your heart a little bit. And and you need to pray that God God melts it, that God softens it, that God gives you a a tender heart because you're not going to grow if your heart's not tender toward the Word of God. Well, Jesus continues in verses 16 and 17, and He says in a similar way, and I, I think He's still talking about people who are lost in these two verses. He says, you have the seed that falls on the edge of the garden where the rocks are, and there's a, there's a little bit of dirt, and, 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 it, and it springs up quickly. But remember, the, the sun withers it because it doesn't have deep roots. Well, Jesus here says, this is the seed. This is the person is sown on rocky places. And when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. They have no firm root in themselves, but it's only temporary. And then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately... They fall away. Now, have you ever seen someone, they said they got saved, and two weeks later you never saw them again? Huh? That's what Jesus is talking about. He said some people are just going to respond that way. They're they're very surface-oriented. There's a lot of emotion there, and, and they respond emotionally to things that they, they like and that moves them and that touches them, but there's no depth. There's no real root. And and they don't stand up against the tests that come because of the Word of God. And and, and then, therefore, they, they just wither and die. They're not saved. They're not saved. Now, there are some people who are saved because, you see, is it possible that sometimes Christians for a period of time in their life act like lost people? Huh? Yeah. Absolutely. Not supposed to, but we do it sometimes, don't we? In fact, every time we sin, we're acting like a lost person. And sometimes we who are Christians can act like this lost person with all that emotion that springs up, but there's no roots because we we, we can have an emotional experience at church. It's kind of like driving down the highway and you see an accident and you say to yourself, I'm going to slow down. And you do for the next 10 miles. Or you do for that one day. and then you're right back to the way you were always driving, Right? We, in our own Christian life, we can hear a song, we can hear a song, we can hear a testimony, we can have an experience, and we get all emotional, we get all excited, and then the next day we're at work, and it's just gone. No depth. No depth. There's nothing wrong with emotions. God made us to be emotional people. you know. I, 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 but you got to have some depth. You need both. Emotions, I mean, they're fun. It motivates us. But you gotta you gotta build some deep roots in your life spiritually. You you need more than just surface reading of the Word of God. You, you need to do more than just understand what it means. You need to apply it to your life and say, God, what does that mean for me when I'm at that family reunion, when I'm at that work party, when I'm at, when I'm at that ball game, when I'm facing that decision or that crisis in life? God, how does your Word apply deep into me in all those circumstances? Not just the surface stuff. Have some roots that changes you. Well, Jesus said there's a third, third kind of person, a third kind of So you've got four types of dirt here. And uh, I believe the first two are lost and the second two are saved. Some interpreters think only the fourth one, the fourth type of soil or dirt is, are actually saved. I don't agree with that. I think the third and the fourth ones are, are Christians. And um, he begins in verse, uh, verse 18 saying, And others are the ones... On whom seed was sown among the thorns. And these are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. When he says other things, he's, he's telling us that it can be things other than just money. Luke in his gospel adds in that list the pleasures of this life And how many how many of us know Christians? They're they're good people. We consider them friends. They 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 may we may consider them good church members. And they're saved, but it's like they just never get there spiritually. You know what I'm saying? They just they just never seem to become that really mature, dedicated, fruit bearing disciple they could. And Jesus says it's because all these other things keep getting in the way. The deceitfulness of riches. It's the person who can, you know, they just never have time for. They never have time for God. They never have time for Bible reading. They never have time for prayer. They never have time for church. They they just don't have enough time for the spiritual things because making money is more important, and so. That's that comes first, or the pleasures of this life, the, the hobbies. It's, it's more important. The sports and the hobbies and the other things more important for them, more important for their kids. Therefore it's more important for them. And and it gets in the way of their spiritual development and it holds them back, it chokes it out. There's all these other things we want, he says. And here's the truth, brothers and sisters. If there's things out there you want more than you want your relationship with God, it's going to choke the spiritual growth out of you. You're out there in the good dirt. You've got some roots. You're saved, but you're not producing. Because the worries of the world... One of the challenges that some of us have is, is, is we like to control everything in our lives, and when we can't control everything, we just our faith falls apart, and we worry if we can't control it and fix it. We just don't, we just don't know how we're going to deal with life, and, and we, we go through life harried and, and, and frustrated and worried because we can't control it all. Well, I've got news for you. You never have been able to control it all. You never will be able to. And spiritual growth doesn't mean you're controlling it all and spiritual growth doesn't mean that it's all going well. I mean show me a saint in the Bible where everything went well all the time. Show me a saint in the Bible who was able to control all the circumstances of life. So these other things get in the way and they they, they choke the growth out of us. And then Jesus talked about the last kind in verse 20. It said, um, These are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, and they, they hear the word, and they accept it, and they bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. They produce fruit. These are the growing Christians. Okay. These are the ones who've taken all the eight passions, they've taken all the pieces of the puzzle, and they're putting them together. They're growing. They're producing fruit. But notice they're not all producing at the same rate. Some 30, some 60, some 100. Why? We don't all grow at the same rate, even those who are growing, correct? We don't all start at the same place. That's okay. What matters is are we producing? Are we growing? Are we changing? And Luke adds, producing fruit with perseverance, not just for a brief season, but they just stay with it. They just keep growing. And what you see in them is that steady, constant growth over the years, over the decade. They don't ever stop. It's with perseverance. They keep growing spiritually. Now, I want you to notice something. In this garden, parable of Jesus. These four types of soil, four types of dirt. I want you to notice something. It was the same sower planting in every scenario. It was the same seed, the same Word of God cast among, shared with each and every one of them, correct? That seed had the same potential within it to produce growth wherever it landed. It wasn't that the seed that fell on the ground over here on the path on the road was you know, not good seed, that it was bad seed. No, it was the same seed that fell over here in the good dirt. That seed had the same potential in it. The seed that fell on the edge for the rocks and a little bit of dirt was, that seed had within it the same potential as the seed out here that produced a hundredfold. Same sower, same seed, same word, same potential. There was only one thing that was different. Only one thing was different. The condition of of the ground where the seed fell. The condition of the soil, the condition of the earth. That was the only thing different in all four scenarios. And I love the way um, Luke adds it in chapter 8, verse 15. Here's what he says about them. Look at this. He said, the seed in the good soil, here where there was real production, these are the ones who have heard the word now notice, what does it say about them? In an honest and good heart who hold it fast and bear fruit with much perseverance. You know what's different? It's the heart. You remember some months ago we spent a few weeks preaching on the passage where Jesus said, you are to love the Lord your God, how? Well, all your What? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The only thing different in these four groups of people was the heart. The condition of the road, the condition of the soil, the condition of the dirt, the condition of the heart. Jesus said it's out of the heart that flow the issues of life. Jesus said it's not referring to the food laws that the Pharisees were so hung up on. He said it's not what you put into your body that that makes you holy, but it's what comes out. So it all starts in here. We, we like to look outwardly and say, "You know, when I get that new job, and, and when my kids reach this age and, and when I get that problem fixed and when I get over this illness and, and when such and such and such and such and such and such, and when these outer circumstances change, then I can grow spiritually. And Jesus says, no. It's your heart, not your circumstances. It's your heart. Because we all know people growing spiritually who are in all kinds of circumstances, right? I I can point to people who have no major problems and some people like that are growing and others are not. I can point to people who have stressful jobs and some of them are growing and some of them are not. I can can point you to people who are young and some of them are growing and some of them are not and I can point you to people who are old and some of them are growing and some of them are not. It's not the circumstances. It's the heart. It's the condition of the ground on which the seed falls that makes all the difference. Now, I want to wrap this up. What can you do To make your heart more receptive for the growth the Word of God wants to produce in you. What I want to say to you, you the starting place is you have to want it a lot. You have to want it more than these other things. You have to want growth more than you want an easy life. You have to want growth more than you want good health. You have to want growth more than favor with other people, including your grandkids. You have to want growth more than you want success at anything else in life. In other words, you have to want growth in your relationship with Jesus above anything and everything else in life if you're going to produce maximum fruit spiritually in your life. doesn't mean you don't work at anything else. It just means you work at your relationship with Jesus really, really hard. You have to want it. You have to want it. So I think that's the reason some of you now, I, you know, there may be some of you, you know, like me, grew up north and snow doesn't scare you, so didn't, you didn't even think about getting out and driving this morning. But for others of you, you're here because you just didn't want to miss church. You wanted to learn something. You wanted to have an experience with God. You wanted to grow. Takes some effort. Takes some effort. It takes effort to go to Sunday school. Now, we got a lot of people not in Sunday school this morning, but we we got some of you going to go to Sunday school next hour. And if your teacher just doesn't show up, y'all sit around and talk about what I preach today. But I want you to watch this video from some of our people who go to Sunday school all the time. Sunday school makes me want to be a better man. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know what I'm really doing. I know the reality. I'm, I am still just as broken and desperate as I was then, but now I am saved. Sunday school has assisted me in my personal growth from being able to... Review the lesson from Sunday throughout the week and apply it to your life, and just connect with the people in Sunday school and see how they're applying it. I feel closer to Christ now than I have in a very long time, and I, I contribute that to my Sunday school class. I know you think you're going to get up there and we're just going to read scripture, and you know you're you're going to yawn through it. You know Christians have fun. God gave us the gift of laughter, you know, and we enjoy each other, and we're going to laugh and you are we're going to joke. And um, I love it. I want to be here each Sunday. I want to see everybody. I want to be a part of it. Maybe you, maybe it's just crossed your mind. You want to get plugged in more. God speaking into your heart. Um, look at, look at the Sunday school classes that are, that are out there. Go to the welcome desk, ask somebody, just give it a try. And you'll be amazed at uh, how God can change your life through a Sunday school class. Basically saying, if you want to grow spiritually, just put in the effort. The Bible says, "Desire the sincere milk." Like you know, like newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, so you can grow by it, right? Hunger for it. Jesus said, "Blessed are those who thirst and who hunger and thirst after righteousness; they shall be what? Satisfied." So it's it's, it's your want to, and when you want something, you put in the effort. You make the effort. Make the effort to be in Sunday school. Make the effort to be in worship. Make the effort to be here every week. Make the effort to have daily Bible reading. Make the effort to pray daily. Make the effort. Because if you don't put any work into it, you're not going to get anything out of it. It's the want to, the desire, the hunger, the thirst for those things. Just like, you know, you know you, there's no question when a baby is hungry. They won't stop crying until you give them milk. And God says, you're to to be that thirsty, you're to be that hungry, and you are to cry and cry and cry until you're satisfied with the milk of God's holy word if you want to grow spiritually in respect to salvation. And so some of you this morning would get on your knees here at the altar and cry out to God to grow you. Cry out to God to give you a hunger and a thirst for righteousness and for, for growth. Cry cry out to God to make you dissatisfied with where you are spiritually. Cry out to God about somebody else that you know and you're concerned about who doesn't seem to be growing and doesn't seem to have any desire to grow. Cry out to God to move in their life and soften their hearts.